you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We are live in New York City. It is Wednesday, May 24th. I am Sarah Walsh alongside Jason McCoy, Peter Schrager, and our six-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy, who, by the way, has had a great week with us here so far. This is his last day. And if you saw Gerald on Monday compared to today, I mean, oh, this boy. man is dressed sharp. <laughs> Gerald's really, like, elevated every day here. Surviving New York. I'm going to write a book about it. Let's go to some football now. Time for the lead block. We're starting with the Jets, where Aaron Rodgers did not throw at OTAs yesterday. He told reporters that he tweaked his calf and decided to take a vet day, but he doesn't think it's too serious. Still, even without throwing, Rodgers is certainly making his presence felt with his very young team. The thing that I did, I, I do stress with those guys and did yesterday was that we need to be intentional and you can't just come out here and, and anything you do, whether it's a meeting, a, a workout or a practice, especially you can't just come out, here, come out there and go through the motions and check a box and be so worried about doing something the right way that you turn your brain off and become a robot out there. Everything we do needs to have a purpose and an intention and, and the attention to detail yesterday was not good enough with uh, the, the fundamental things, the finish and the uh, ball security, which are two of the most important things in our game, ball security being number one. And like I was telling with the young guys yesterday, I said, the only way you're going to make this team is if you show up every single day. How are you going to do that? You're going to pop off the film by one easy thing you can do is finish. So every day they turn on the film, they say, oh, look at this guy. Every single rep he takes, he finishes. And when you do that and then you get called out in the meeting as a positive, then what does that do? And that makes everybody else in your position group and on your side of the ball probably go, oh, I'm going to do that because I want to get called out in front of the team as doing something the right way. So it's just kind of refocusing some of the little things that we do at practice so it looks the right way because we need to practice the way that we play in the game. So I thought that was important. Clearly his influence already being felt, but is it fair to expect that Aaron Rodgers is going to do the same thing for this Jets team that Tom Brady did for the 2020 Buccaneers? That was Brady's first year in Tampa, and then they went and took home the Lombardi. Jason, fair or unfair? You talk about expectations, I'm balding. I don't have hair. And I feel like you can set out for expectations of how to fix this issue. You can try to go an easy way and just get a toupee and stick it on the top of your head. You can go to the barbershop and have them do the little spray and see if it's going to last. <laughs> or you can go full out and have like a hair transplant to try to fix the issue, which you think is going to last for a long time. For the Jets, they looked at their season last year and was like, we have a quarterback issue. They could have went out and tried to sign Jimmy Garoppolo in free agency. They had Derek Carr in for a visit. 
it at one point. They could have went that route. But they chose the hair transplant. They wanted to go all in <laughs> and get the best of the best. And with that comes high expectations. So when you talk about is it fair, absolutely. The Jets should have an expectation of a Super Bowl doing what Tom Brady does. That's the level of quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is. And then when you just start to look at some of the numbers, and you look at the Jets from 2022 and the Buccaneers from 2019 before Brady got there, and then obviously this is the Jets before Aaron Rodgers got there. Amount of wins, both of them had seven. You look at the one-score losses, all of that stuff. A 12-year playoff drought. This is two teams that were in similar kind of despair of figuring out what's next. And you look at that Bucks team the year before Brady got there, really good against the run. Gerald McCoy, a guy that established a lot of that on the front end of being able to stop guys trying to run the ball on them. This Jets defense last year, really good against the pass. There are a lot of things to hang your hat on for these football teams, but they were missing that quarterback position. So for this New York Jets team, you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, not only his ability on the field of when he has the ball in his hands and he's throwing it to a Garrett Wilson, to an Alan Lazar, to all of these guys, but also what he has right now, being in the building, telling a young guy what it's going to take to make the team, jumping off film. This is a guy that has seen it all in his professional career and has been through every phase. So having him in the building, as soon as he walks in, the belief all the way from your star player to the people cleaning up the building at night, the expectation is, my goodness, we're going to be a good football team this year I may need to start requesting Super Bowl tickets for my family yeah you are setting the bar high and I don't think you're wrong what you got also was a was another coach and it might be mm. as much as saying you got another head coach the way he's talking right there that is coach speak right there that is not player speak and at 39 years old when he's got teammates who are 21 years old who mm. have never experienced winning culture Rodgers is coming in and he's bringing that. I think that might be almost as important as the actual football this time of year he's teaching He's guiding, and oh yeah, by the way, the offensive coordinator, who's new to all these other guys, he had two MVP seasons within Green Bay. So he speaks that language also. And I also think the bar's been set. Brady set that bar. He said, okay, I'm going to go and join, and that was in a much different situation. It was in the middle of a pandemic. He had never played for Bruce Arians. He had never met any of those players. And it got started off rocky. They were about 3-3 three and three to start the season. They eventually go on to a Super Bowl. But the very next year, a playoff team from the year before goes and upgrades and goes and gets Matthew Stafford, and then the Rams go and win the yeah. Super Bowl. So this whole thing of like, well, give it a couple years and there's a grace period, and gosh, you can't expect that. Stafford came in and this was a good team with Goff. They went to a Super Bowl with Goff. Maybe they win in another way. They won the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford and took clutch wins against Tampa in Tampa there, of course. The NFC Championship game, he came back from behind against the Niners. And then the Super Bowl, he had an epic fourth quarter comeback where he had threw a no-look pass to go beat the Cincinnati Bengals. That's two first-year quarterbacks that were veterans joining young teams that have been looking to get over the hump have found a way. Now, the contrast was I picked the Denver Broncos to be one of the, uh, the outstanding teams last year. I thought that Russell Wilson would do the same for Denver and just assumed, well, that's the new standard that, you know, you get a great quarterback and you go and you join this team and the quarterback is all you need and then you go over the... What I misunderstood was that it takes a lot more than just the acquisition. It has to be the right culture, has to be the right mix with the coach, has to be the right offense. And Russ's team was, was horrible last year and it didn't work out and I don't think any of his Super Bowl experience seeped down to all those players because I don't know if Russ played as well as we thought he would. So I'd say that Stafford and Brady have set the bar. Gerald, I don't know what you think about this one. I got a, a different take on that. I think you can have 
expectations and the bar has been set, but we got to look at a couple of different things. With me knowing, you know, spending most of my career in Tampa and knowing the talent that's been down there, I knew the problem with Tampa is we did have a quarterback issue. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jason, like you said, the year before they were really good. They just didn't win the games that were necessary because they won seven games with their quarterback throwing 30 picks, okay? 30 picks and they won seven games, but I want to point something out. The Rams have in common and the Bucks have in common. Mm -hmm. We'll just say a couple names. Rob Gronkowski, all 100 team. Uh, Levante David, all pro. Shaq Barrett, all pro. JPP, Super Bowl winner, all pro. And Dominican Sue, all pro. Future Hall of Famer, Mike Evans, all pro. Chris Godwins, all pro. AB, all decade team. And then they brought in Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. They had a team full of veteran, all pros. The Jets don't have that. They got a lot of young guys. And then we're talking about bringing in a guy of Brady's caliber. He's not Tom Brady. Mm. Think about this. He's telling everybody how to win. This is what you got to do. You got to do this. He haven't gotten over the hump since 2011. Yeah. Brady was always getting over the hump. Mm -hmm. So the stigma with Rodgers is... And he's my favorite player, so I, I mean, this is hurting me to say, but no, I respect that when you he are. gets in the playoffs, what they've been saying is he can't get over the hump. He can't finish it. You win back-to-back -back MVPs, and you get in the playoffs, and you can't finish it. So I think it's a collective effort, and you can look at it and say, yes, you can expect it, but that's a completely different situation to me because you had a lot of vets that were all pros, knew how to win, were dominant in this league, and then you bring in the greatest player we've ever seen play this game. That's a completely different situation. So you can't really compare that to what Tampa did. I'm with Gerald. I think it's a little unfair in the sense that I think what Tom did in Tampa when you talk about winning culture is that he proved to them no matter what kind of game you were having, no matter how much you might be down, and still go out and win it. And I think he immediately changed that perception. Obviously, there's the Tom Brady ridiculous Super Bowl comeback. And the Bucks found themselves in that situation more than once that season where they were down. Probably shouldn't have won the game. And I think in the past wouldn't have won that game. And because there was a Tom Brady there, they were like, ah, we're down 17 to nothing in Atlanta. No problem. We'll just come back and win this game. And I think he immediately changed that perception. But if they, if we pull up what it looks like over on the Jets right now, their pass catchers, they have a combined total of two Pro Bowl appearances. One is Randall Cobb from back in 2014. Mm -hmm. The other one is Nicole Hardeman from 2019. It's just, and that's not to say that those guys can't get there. That's not to say that these guys aren't going to be superstars. But Tom Brady walked into a situation where these guys, he was just looking at Pro Bowl options left and right. And what I think he did change, though, is you had guys in that locker room. There had been a couple guys that had won a Super Bowl. JPP was one of them. But you had a lot of guys that had never even gone to the playoffs. And he immediately changed that idea. I think where Aaron and Tom are the same is when either one of them talks, guys are going to listen. Mm -hmm. And you clear, I mean, look, Aaron steps up to the podium. We play that sound, but we're all locked in listening. Like anything he yeah. says, we're, we're listening. So the young guys are going to listen. That definitely changes immediately as opposed opposed to what the Jets just had. This is a guy with experience. This is a guy that people respect. It's not the same when we start counting up rings. It certainly is not the same. But in terms of respecting what this guy's going to say, they're going to listen. But I think what Aaron has to work with, I mean, statistically, it is different. I'd ask both of you guys, because Jason and I have talked about Rodgers ad nauseum at this table, and we've disagreed on expectations. I think if the Jets make the playoffs, Jets fans are over the moon and, okay, mm -hmm. we're relevant. Jason says Super Bowl because he's a Super Bowl champion. He says, if you're going to make that move, what's the re realistic expectation in a loaded AFC? Both of you guys, what do you think for the New York Jets this season going into this year? Realistic expectation, first they got to get in the playoffs, but I, I believe they, they're they good enough to get to the AFC Championship, but I also believe everything has to be clicking. 
you know, everything has to be hitting on every cylinder because A-Rod, he said, if you give us home field advantage <laughs> at Lambeau, I would love to see somebody come up here and beat us and the Bucks went and did it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think realistically... And the Niners getting the to, next year. Yes. So I think realistically getting to the AFC Championship, that's realistic, but I have a lot of friends who are Jets fans and they like, listen, we want to win a Super Bowl. Playoffs ain't good enough for us. So I'm telling you right now, Jets fans do not want playoffs. They want to win it all. So. By the way, I don't think there's a problem with thinking that you should win it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I obviously Aaron Rodgers and the Jets should think that they should win it all. Is it fair? Like the question was, is it fair to put the same sort of label on him as Tom Brady? And I don't think it's fair, but I think you should want to win it. I think they have a harder path than that Buccaneers team had. Look at their division. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you got the, the Bucs didn't have to contend with the Bills. The Bucs didn't have to contend with the Dolphins team that has done nothing but load up. I think they, there's enough talent to get in. I think that division is going to be awesome to watch. But I think like the comparisons, it's not apples to apples on that. And I think I think Aaron Rodgers and those guys have a, have a tougher road to yeah, get there. For sure, I, you can poke holes through it, but I still think Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. This is the expectation. This is the standard. That Bucks team mm-hmm. in 2019, Jameis threw 30 interceptions, but he also threw 30 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The Jets last year, they lost a game to New England where they scored three points. Had they just been able to kick two field goals, they would have been able to win that game where they return to punt. So that Jets offense, you talk about Jameis struggling, they had Chris Streveler in the game late in the season, and they still had a chance to make the playoffs throughout that year. So Aaron Rodgers is a huge upgrade because of what they were able to do last year. And obviously, you can find reasons why they will not win the Super Bowl, but my expectations is with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, like they'll be competing for one. Like double down, Jason. Just double down. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Still to come on uh, GMFB. How well does Oklahoma alum Gerald McCoy know his Sooners' history? We're going to put him to the test with a round of mixed bag trivia. Dude, the Jets really have Super Bowl expectations I don't know but there are a ton of teams where we can look at and say these teams have it but what about some other teams that we don't expect could they possibly be in the Super Bowl we'll talk about it whiteboard Wednesday okay you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring your day immediately gets better That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Time for Whiteboard Wednesday. Sarah, take it away. All right, well, all 32 teams in the league have the same goal every season. There are only a handful of teams that can realistically do so. That's at least according to Jets head coach Robert Sala. Sala told reporters that there's maybe six or eight teams that have an actual chance at winning a Super Bowl, adding he thinks the Jets are one of them, the team that you would pick to be a surprise contender in 2023 is Peter. I'm going to say the words of a former quarterback there. Go Hawks. Um, Seattle. Mm. The NFC is wide open, and Seattle is one of these teams that is in the playoffs last year and got significantly better this offseason. They added talent. They solidified the fact that Geno is their guy. And in the draft, they had two first-round picks that I think are going to both play major roles on this team in Weatherspoon in the corner and then Jackson Smith in Jigba. Look, they got a running back to go with Kenneth Walker. 
They are loaded. They have two guys who are rookie offensive tackles starting every game last week. Now they're second-year guys. They've got more of a feel. We know that Tariq Wollin's having a minor procedure going on now, but he's going to be back, and Jamal Adams is supposed to be healthy. So, look, I don't know. You tell me that Seattle's a crazy pick. I, I look at these playoff odds, Super Bowl odds, and nobody has Seattle in the Super Bowl conversation, but I wouldn't be shocked in a wide-open NFC if we saw Seattle playing in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas in a couple months. Yeah, Seattle was a surprise team last year. We were like, oh, they're kind of resetting it, and they took off. I'm going with another team. Jacksonville Jaguars, Duval. This is a team that had the first overall pick, picked Trayvon Walker, but then still ended up in the playoffs, which seems to be unheard of. Trevor Lawrence took off last year from year one to year two, finished the season extremely strong under Doug Peterson. This is a team that's getting Calvin Ridley coming off his suspension, Evan Ingram return, and then now everybody knows and has their expectations for Doug Peterson. On top of that, during a division where the other teams are kind of hitting reset, Texans draft C.J. Stroud. Obviously, the Colts get Anthony Richardson. Titans draft Will Levis, but they're still figuring out with a new GM and Rand Carlton. This kind of makes the path possibly a little bit easier for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we saw them go toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs last year in the playoffs. So I think the Jazz can surprise a few teams next year. Yes, and I, hmm. I know, hmm. can I be a little biased? Yeah, but this always. Is kinda, this has kind of been my tag all week, okay. being a little biased, but I'm going to go with the Las Vegas okay. Raiders. Hey, talk about The reason I'm going with the Las who? Vegas Raiders is because you have McDaniels, who's already been there, mm-hmm. and then they brought in who? Jimmy G. And the last time we seen them two together, Tom was out, and Jimmy G, what was his record? 3 and 0, I think. 3 and 0. He went in, he won. These guys know each other. And Jimmy G is more than a game manager. I know everybody thinks he's a game manager, but with the style offense that they play, Jimmy G is a perfect fit. They have Devontae Adams, they got Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. and he is great at the across the middle, the uh, play action. They have Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. They bring in uh, Tyree Wilson yep. from Texas Tech. I know he played on the edge, but with the way they can mix and match, Max Crosby, I talked about him yesterday. They still have Chandler Jones. Chandler. You bring in Tyree Wilson in the middle, he He's more of a hybrid where you need a guy that can push up the middle. You can mix and match in a pass rush. I believe mm. the Las Vegas Raiders have a real shot of winning it mm. all. Winning it all. I love Whoa. it. <laughs> love yes. It. I don't know about winning it all, but what about a surprise team in the Falcons? We had Desmond Ritter on this week. Look, so many people respect Arthur Smith, and you felt like he was going to get this thing turned around in Atlanta. He has doubled down on Desmond Ritter and said he's his guy. They didn't go out in the draft. They didn't want to look at free agency. And now you've surrounded him with all sorts of weapons. you got Bijan Robinson. They've got a running back room that could maybe rival anybody in the league. They were had the third most uh, rushing yards last season, and now you add Bijan. You've got Algier. You've got CP. You've got Drake London. On defense, they add Jesse Bates. It's a Falcons team that has never hosted a playoff game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium since they opened that thing. And it's time for them to to get the magic back there in Atlanta. And I just feel like they've been sort of on on the cusp of maybe getting this thing turned around. I think a lot of people would. They're certainly off the radar. And I think people would like to see that for Arthur Smith. So I'm going to go Falcons. And who knows in that division? Could be anyone. Um, What do you got? After his brother won a sports Emmy for Outstanding Personality, Eli Manning offered his thoughts on the accomplishment, tweeting, 
I did not know you could win an Emmy for just telling fans when coaches should call a timeout. <laughs> By the way, you can win an Emmy for almost anything these days. Uh, your favorite football personality to follow on Twitter is who? Peter. All right. It's one thing to get a player who is just unfiltered. It's one mm -hmm. thing to get a coach who comes out here and there and has a funny comment. There's only one owner who's on Twitter that I'm like, what does Ursay have today? Uh, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts. This guy comes out and he's like, how about this one during draft time? <laughs> Colts fans, would you take Will Levis at number two if you're on the board for Colts in four hours from now? And uh, go Montana Young for Fred. Like, just, just trolling that they drafted Richardson. Like, he's like, would you drive Levis? Like, would you do it? Musical takes, unfiltered Washington commander takes. I'm here <laughs> for Jim Ursay on Twitter, and I hope they don't ever shut that Twitter account down. Yeah, Jim Ursay is a fun follow, so owners tweeting. How about just the team tweeting? I'm going with the Los Good Angeles call. Chargers. They're taking receipts. They're talking trash. They find a way. You can see even with their back picture right there, a kid going nuts in the stands. They have takes on P.F. Changs. They will tweet <laughs> about just about anything. So the Los Angeles Chargers, they're a team that I'm following. I have no affiliation with the team, but they are a fun following. You never know what you're going to get from them. I'm going to go with somebody who on Twitter is one of the uh, originators of boosting Twitter up mm -hmm. and has not lost a step at all. I'm going with yep. Ocho okay. Cinco. Listen, he took what he did when he played and he brought it to Twitter. He will say anything. He has tried to convince high-class top-level athletes that you can eat McDonald's yes. nonstop and play at a high he level. He really did it. Too. Hey, everybody, that is not true. That is genetics for him. <laughs> he believes can't nobody beat him in FIFA. He really loves to play soccer. Now he's boxing. He will say anything on Twitter. I couldn't go Gerald McCoy because he's sitting here, right? Well, I mean, I guess I could have because Gerald McCoy is, is quite the follow on Twitter as we learned in his Twitter segment yesterday. And he's obviously going to be tweeting about Home Alone a little later in the day. I want former player Chris Long, who's really funny. Great. Um, we love Chris Long, former man of the year. And this is a very, very wide-ranging, I would say, if you're a Chris Long follower. I'm in a bar with a dog in a fireplace and it never gets old. We got another one. What else we got from Chris? <laughs> that, that the one. Uh, is the char <laughs> yeah, I know. Is the charge the best official signal in sports. Uh, we love Chris Long. It's, it's, it's all over the map. So um, Chris Long's my guy. If you're a fan of the show, you know I've got a podcast called The Season with Peter Schrager. And I sit down with coaches and GMs during the season. It's very hardcore football. Off-season, we loosen it up a little bit. I sat down with Atlanta native and comedian David Cross. You know him from Arrested Development. You know him from the Chipmunks movies. Mm -hmm. And you know him from his stand-up. But he is a diehard Atlanta Falcons fan. And I asked him about Matt Ryan's legacy in the NFL. And I thought David Cross had an interesting take. It's cool. Like, the Falcons fandom is like... You've had this you had the Super Bowl year in 99 where it was kind of out of nowhere and it was a dirty bird and all that. And then in 2016 with Matt Ryan, he goes and wins the MVP and obviously the Super Bowl goes as it goes. We don't have to go down that road. It's funny you say Matt Ryan. He just retired or he's taking a job at CBS. He might come back. He's going to be an announcer. And we had a debate on our morning show on NFL Network. Is Matt Ryan underappreciated? In my case, he's been wildly underappreciated because the first thing out of everyone's mouth is 28-3, how he lost Super Bowl. Not the fact he was an MVP and a starting quarterback in the league for 15 straight years. One of the hardest things to do is durability. He didn't lose the Super Bowl. The choice to pass. <laughs> yep, three times. The Super Bowl. The, the head coaching lost. Defense, uh, I mean, it's a team sport, but I would totally blame the coaching on that. I mean, that was crazy. We all sat there going, what the f***? <laughs>
The only knock I can give Matt Ryan is he's, you know, not very mobile, right? And sure. and in this, certainly the latter half of his career, that there was a shift to that kind of quarterback and offense. And um, he straddled two generations in a way. And uh, again, like I said, he was not the problem or certainly not the sole problem of that team. All right, you know him as Tobias Funk on uh, Arrested <laughs> Development. He's incredible in his blue man gear. Yeah. Um, Gerald, you played against Matt Ryan your entire career. What are your thoughts on people who simply say 28 to 3, that's Matt Ryan's legacy? Mm. Uh, I think it's a horrible thing to say. You know, playing against him twice a year, uh, we always called him Matty Ice, even when we had to play against him. The thing I always said, and you can go back and research this, I said Matt Ryan is flammable, especially at home. Mm. He was one of those quarterbacks. Once he got in a the rhythm, there was no stopping mm. him. And he wasn't very mobile, so that helped me as a defensive lineman. I sacked Matt Ryan a lot, but we knew we had to get to him because if we didn't, he would eat you alive. And, you know, I have so much respect for Matty Ice, and when I left the division. I asked him for his jersey. He gave it to me because I love Matty Ice. And Matty Ice is the man, so stop with the nonsense. Matty Ice stop is a great slander. quarterback. Stop the slander. That's it. You can download the podcast. Enjoy it. David Cross, hilarious conversation. Coming up, can the Dolphins swim their way to a division title in 2023? If so, who's going to need to step up? We're going to break it all down next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. OTAs are underway down in Miami where Tua returned to team drills for the first time since December. The excitement level is understandably high there and not just for the Dolphins. But in the NBA, the Heat are up 3-1 to one on the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. In the NHL, the Panthers are up three games to none on the Hurricanes in their Conference Finals. Stuff is happening there in South Florida and Mike McDaniel spoke about that local success yesterday. How cool is that for South Florida sports just in general, just riding the 2023, but specifically the, the Heat and the Panthers just doing a lot of things that people said they couldn't do, which I very much appreciate. And we are definitely taking note. Good time to be Cam Wolf down there in South Florida. He's got all sorts of options going on right now. Coach McDaniel taking note and Aaron Rodgers, Jets, they're certainly getting a lot of hype as well. The Bills will no doubt be a popular Super Bowl pick again this season. So how does Miami get out of that division? What needs to happen for the Dolphins to win the AFC East? Jason. I love every time we get a chance to play a clip of Mike McDaniel talking. It's just always entertaining. You're on, hanging on every word. Have you seen him court? He's been in court every Yeah, going nuts, too. Yeah. Out in the middle of the floor, hyping the crowd up. Yeah, he gassed up the crowd. <laughs> he's, he's all, yeah. he's all, all in. in. 
the Miami Dolphins season in 2023, it starts and it ends with the health of Tua Tungavailoa. And obviously we saw what transpired with him last year with the concussions. But when Tua was out there on the field and the start of that season, you saw what this Miami Dolphins offense can be. And you've seen the injuries that he's dealt with throughout his career. And last year was the, probably the most significant one, obviously because it was, a, it was a head injury. But I think last year as we got the first glimpse of what Tua could be as a quarterback with Mike McDaniel at the helm calling and running that offense. And they have a lot of different things going on. Ramsey and Vic Fangio and all of those different things. None of it matters unless Tua's in. And Cam Wolf, Sarah, who you just mentioned, working for our network, is down there in Miami. Talked about Tua put weight on this offseason. He's tried to learn how to fall with jiu-jitsu training. And now Mike McDaniel has implemented that for the, all the quarterbacks in practice and doing these things. If Tua's able to stay healthy, stay out there on the football field, not only is he the best quarterback for them and they found ways to win games and be explosive on offense, he gives this team the belief that they can actually do it. They went into that playoff game last year with Skylar Thompson and went toe-to-toe with Buffalo played their butts off. So if I'm a Miami Dolphin player, fan, anybody within that organization, you come into this year and you're like, my God, if we had two out there at the end of the season and we're able to go out there and do some of what we did last year now with Mike McDaniel being there his second year, I think the sky's the limit for them and that gives them a chance to win this division. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to piggyback with what you said, man. Tua's health is really what matters, man. It's the reason I didn't pick the 49ers as like being the contenders because we don't know the quarterback mm. situation. Same thing with the Dolphins. Tua has to be healthy. I believe they have the most dangerous tandem in wide receivers down there. Those are speed demons. And mm -hmm. it's like, as a defender, I know my DBs, they would say when we play a fast receiver or somebody didn't get over the top, please get there. Get the quarterback. Please get yeah. there. So with Tua's health, I believe they can beat anybody. You know, they were top 10 deep offense last year. Kind of a middle of the pack defense, but they have enough. They brought in Jalen Ramsey, and you will need him to lock down some of these receivers to give your D-line a chance to get there. But like you said, Jace, it's Tua's health, man. And he made that jump did that he so? needed to make. I funny. thought he did. There's all these quarterbacks in the league, and you go against all of them, and there's like this group of like cousins and Dak and these guys that are like very good, but they're not the Mahomes, Allens. Yeah. Where do you put Tua? when you like, think of you're preparing for Tua the next day. Do you have him in that kind? Is he that good or is he middle of the pack? Well, I think he's a middle of the pack quarterback. Like, if you just go from top to bottom. But in this offense, with the weapons he has, I mean, you just got to take it all the way back to what he did at Alabama when he had that track team. He has another track team. Yes. And he was putting up big numbers. Yep. And he was throwing very accurate. I know last year everybody laughed at Tyreek Hill when they said Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Mahomes did go win a Super Bowl, <laughs> but... <laughs> Tua went healthy? Yes. Like, he played... There was a I ball. think people just need to be honest. He played way better than what we expected. Mm -hmm. Timing. And he did it every time he was on the field. He played great. So, he stays healthy. Look out for the Miami Dolphins because I believe they can beat anybody. Yeah, I think last year they made the biggest off-season acquisition when they went and got Tyreek Hill mm -hmm. and totally took the top off their offense. And Tyreek Hill was a finalist for Offensive Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. There were five guys selected as finalists. He was one of them. It's him and a bunch of quarterbacks. Like, this year, I think they quietly, and I say quietly, I don't even think I've seen a headline about this, they might have made the most important acquisition this year, too. I think Vic Fangio mm. is an awesome defensive coordinator. And in Jalen Ramsey, they get that. But they also get Vic. And Vic took a year away from the game, and it wasn't like he was on the beach you know, smoking a cigar. Vic was working. And I, I know folks who are tight with Vic, and he was charting games, doing everything. They were the 24th-ranked scoring defense last year. They were, you know, 23rd in red zone scoring. They, they were fine, but they weren't great. 
And Josh Warrior, who was a defensive coordinator last year, came from the Flores tree, and it was kind of this match-made shotgun marriage between him and McDaniel, and it, it didn't it fizzled at the end. Now, Vic Fangio, there's a very good chance Vic Fangio was going to be the defensive coordinator in Denver with Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. I heard Philadelphia was very hot on Vic Fangio at one point also. And he chose to go to Miami to be with these guys, with that team. I think they were a playoff team last year with a good quarterback when he was healthy. And now you add one of the greatest offensive minds in the league, calling the plays on the defense with the Jalen Ramsey addition. Yeah, I think if Vic Fangio's defense can get it going, um, I think they can win the AFC East and we're all gonna be like, why didn't we pick the Dolphins before the season? Mm -hmm. I feel like they are getting hyped though. I mean, I don't think that there's anything quiet about the Dolphins and I'll sort of piggyback what you were saying about Fangio when the question was the Dolphins win the AFC East. If I think obviously to his health is clearly the most important topic down there in terms of you need this guy to be out on the field. But I just wanted to go a little different take. I think they win the AFC East if Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard can figure out how to shut down Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen mm -hmm. in that division. And, and I know there was not questions, but is Jalen Ramsey like in his still Pro Bowl prime and maybe he had a little bit of a down season and maybe Xavier Howard dealt health injuries. If these guys are playing at the level that these guys can play, that's who has to shut down these other two quarterbacks that are just behemoths in this division now. So, yeah, I think obviously the Tua thing is so important, but you look at all the weapons that he has around him. He doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. He's got to distribute the ball and get it to these guys. But I think these guys on the other side of the ball, these defensive guys, and they've got stars. They've got the star power now, but they've got to go against behemoths when it comes to the star power quarterbacks in that division. And if Howard and Ramsey can do their job at the level that people know that they can do that job and take those guys out of their game in some way, I mean, that's the keys to, to getting out of this division, I think. Yeah, and Jalen Ramsey was really good last year. The Rams struggled, and a guy like Xavier Howard has some of the best ball skills of a DB in the NFL. The thing was, a lot of people knocked the Dolphins on defense last year because the amount that they blitz. You remember yeah. that playoff yeah. game? Boyer's an aggressive guy. He's sending yeah. the house. So it's going to be interesting to see how Vic Fangio deploys those two guys and what they do next year. Real quick, you were with the Patriots. You were able to go to all those you know, awesome Celtics games. When both the hockey and the basketball are playing in big games, is that a cool thing for the football team? You guys go, because I've seen Christian Wilkins at the game. Like, He's that's with not... Ramsey at every game. It's awesome. We would go to the game. You're sitting courtside. They put you on the jumbotron. Crowd's going nuts. You see Mike McDaniel there doing it. That's what it's all about. That's where you start to build this culture in Boston. They call it title town. And it's legit. The Red Sox, the Bruins, everybody is winning. Celtics, Patriots. So for them right now, everything is hot. Dolphins, you got to follow it up. Good time to be in South Florida. Yeah. Never it's is. Always it. a good time. <laughs> Some big name stars are absent from their team's OTAs. Anything that? to worry about? He showed. Optional. Schrager's going to get on some joins people. us next to discuss. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.